0: We serve a good God. Amen? They got to get all their things figured out before they head out. (laughs) We can learn a lot from kids, can't we? I remember when my children were younger they would sometimes push me to the brink. Have you ever experienced being pushed to the brink by a little one? <laughs> and I'd have some, some days where it would just, I'd be at my wit's end, I'd put them to bed, I'd go back 20 minutes later after they were actually asleep, which could have taken up to an hour, which also added to the angst, I'd walk in their room and I'd see my child with a face that was so peaceful and assured that it literally eliminated all that frustration. There's something amazing to see a child. Have you ever asked a child a question? It's funny, you ask an adult a question, and you don't always get an answer. Or you get, well, what about this, what about that? You ask a child a, a question, would you like something? They'll either say yes or no. Very rarely do I hear a child go, well, what are the options? Is this going to add, add a little bit to my, my figure? Is, is this going to keep me up at night? A child, a child just says yes or no. There's something amazing about children. This morning, we're going to have a baby dedication. But before we have a baby dedication, I want to talk about how important God is in our life. How important God is in our life. If you could turn in your Bibles to Psalm 127. I'd like to read this chapter. It's about five verses. I've got about 33 points. No, I'm just kidding. I've got about five points, a few thoughts from each verse. But it talks in this chapter, it talks about how important God is in our lives. I'm going to read it out of the New American, I believe... The NASB says, many times, nope, got the wrong one, just seeing if you were listening. (laughs) Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain For you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them! They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. I find this interesting, the process in this chapter. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Have you ever built something, but built it wrong? When I was a kid, I once built a a tree, a birdhouse, and we had a, a large room in my parents' home that we called the gym. It was a large, empty, open space, and I built it in the gym, and the gym was a room with no breeze. It had no, the windows were metal windows up high in the ceiling, but it had no breeze, it had no current, it had no wind flow in it. It was just a room. And my brother and I, we both built these little birdhouses out of like quarter-inch plywood, and mine was about six and three sixteenths. And the only reason why it was three sixteenths was because I couldn't cut it to six inches because I wasn't skilled. And and uh, and one end was six and three sixteenths. The other end might have been six and five eighths. I mean, it wasn't square. It wasn't true. It wasn't plumb. And I nailed it together. And then as I finished. Na- building it, and my brother built his, we went upstairs and we had lunch. I came back from lunch, and the thing was laying flat. It had fallen over. And it didn't even have a wind to blow it. It just collapsed all by itself. Now fortunately, I was only about 9 or 10 at the time, so I it wasn't like when I was 20. But I was so I still remember that day because my brothers stood firm but mine fell. And in life, in life we can build things and we can put effort into it and we can try and we can do this and we can do that. But if we don't build it right, it will fail. If you don't build it right, it will fail. And the psalmist here, and some people ascribe this psalm to Solomon, he says, unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord builds the house. It doesn't mean you don't build the house, because it says, then they labor in vain who build it. So I want to, this morning, I've just got one simple thought to get to each one of us. One thing I'm hoping we all take away when we leave today, and I'm going to hit it about three or four times, but unless God is involved in your life, you're wasting your time. Can I be as bold and as simple as that? Unless God is involved in your life, Those things that you do will not be worth the effort and the energy because God is not involved in it. In fact, when you look at some of these words, it says they. The word "vain." I found it interesting. That word is used three times, and each time it's the same word, and it means deceitful. You are just fooling yourself. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and say, you're just fooling yourself if you think that's going to work? I'm sure each one of us parents can remember a conversation either with our child or with our parent when that phrase has come to be. You're just fooling yourself if you think doing all that's going to help. Why? Because maybe I've been there and done that and seen the result. And so I'm able to say what will happen. You know, it's wise to get around people that are smarter than you. That's wisdom. I don't know how to do plumbing, my father in law does. And I've had many conversations with him where I've asked him questions, and he said, this is how you should do it, David. Down to how to take that white Teflon tape and which way to wrap it around the thread so that when you thread that onto your fitting, it won't leak or won't peel off. But as I've learned, when I've done it myself, I've had success because I've tried... The do and employ what my father-in-law has taught me, but I have found when I've listened to those who have understood, have gone there before, and have been there and done that, I have learned that the success rate increases. And I want each and every one of us, I don't care if I have children that I'm holding in my arms or if I have children that are holding me. I don't care what level or what age, I believe each and every one of us has room for improvement. And this morning, it's very simple. Unless God... Unless God, and he says, you can build, and and the word labor. I don't think any of us like the word labor. Labor, to me, carries with it sweat, busted knuckles, skinned knees, and effort. And if I'm going to do that, I want to get something for it at the end of the day. I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'm going to get up early, lose some sleep, fight rush hour traffic, arrive at my destination in a good mood, spend time with people that, Aren't as brilliant as me and who are asking me questions that they should figure out themselves. And if I'm going to do all that, I better get something at the end of it. And if you want to increase your rate of success, talk with God and allow God into your life. And you say, Well, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. I know. I have found quite often when I have success, that is the most dangerous point because I can start to think I've got it figured out. It's easy to make an adjustment when you have a mistake, it's a lot harder to make an adjustment when you have success. I've done it, this works. And the psalmist is writing here, he says, It's vain, it's wasted, it's destruction, it's useless. It's empty and it's deceitful if I think that my labor is going to do something unless God is involved. So verse 1, I find it interesting in the progression. He's talking about building a house. He's talking about building a house. Building a house is your family, is where you live, where you dwell. The next verse he goes, unless, or the next half of that verse, unless the Lord guards the city, so he moves from a house to a city. See, God is not interested just in you being successful in your home. He's interested in you being sort of influence and in the city that you live in and dwell in. God is interested in you being successful, not just in your home, but taking that and being successful in the city. And the picture he has here is he's painting a picture and saying, unless God God protects or watches or guards the city, the watchmen, they look out in vain. And again, he's using that word vain. It is plain Silly not to involve God in your life. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this, this morning? I can't stress it enough. And we get so used to the rote. We get so used to the routine. We get so used to, I'm going to say my three minutes of prayer. I'm even going to throw in a, Lord, if you direct me, I will. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some Christianese language in it. Pastor David used this word that was really cool, so I'm going to put that in my prayer this week. And we can become so mechanical that we forget the personable. And we become so, we, we, beca- we can become, I, I, I once had this gentleman come to me And he asked me if I would be his spiritual input in his life. Because what he had is he had taken his life and he had made it mechanical. mechanical, And he had put this compartment, that compartment. He had a pleasure area. He had a work area. He had an investment area. He had a friendship area. And he had this religious area. And he felt like if he could put me in that box, he had his bases covered. That's not how you build. That's not how you watch or how you guard. It's through that personal relationship. And, and the psalmist is saying, unless the Lord guards the city. Do you know that God wants to watch over the city of Abbotsford? Let's let's get real. God looks over Abbotsford. He's interested in Abbotsford. He's interested in Langley. He watches over Mission. He knows all about Chilliwack. He knows about Sumas. God is not so unaware that he doesn't know the areas and the regions that we live. And God wants to influence my life so that my life isn't just an influence here, but it's an influence in my city. And he's giving, the psalmist here is giving a picture and a vision for people to see the expanse of how God can impact you if you allow him to. And he says if you're, watch, if you're part of the city, if you've got a passion for your city and you're watching over your city and you're somebody who's watching your city and it can be referred to as a legislator or jurisdictional as a councilman or, or in a political essence, but it can also be someone who cares for and loves their city. And if you do, but unless God guards it and protects it, all that is vain. It's deceitful. You're fooling yourself if you think that God will, uh, if you think that the city is protected because of what you do, it's because of what God does. Unless God guards, protects, and watches, it's vain. I found that interesting. He moved from the house to the city And the next verse, he goes to the individual. Right now, I've I've heard a lot of talk about self-awareness, self-health, soul care, being self-aware. And I believe those things are very important. But sometimes they become just another thing. And here the psalmist is saying, you know what? If you rise up early and you stay up late and you work hard and you put all this tension and labor, and the word here when he's talking about when you you got painful labors, he's actually talking about strenuous work stressful situations. He's not saying that it's a bad thing, but he says, you do all this work, you stay up late, you get up early. He says, and you've done all that. He says, it's vain, it's deceitful, and it's useless if you don't involve God in it. And he says, it's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives his beloved even in his sleep. Some passages it just says he gives his beloved sleep. The involvement of God in my life doesn't mean I don't work hard. It doesn't mean I don't put effort into it, but what it does is it puts a recognition on who I am working for and whom I'm serving and whom I'm trusting. And when I trust him and serve him, what happens is he comes and he actually gives me rest and he gives me sleep. And he actually, he can do more in my sleep than I can do in my awakeness and awareness. Have you ever thought about that? God can do more when you're asleep than you can accomplish when you're awake. Everybody's going to go home and have a nap. <laughs> Just wait till after church. When you're asleep, God does not sleep. When you're asleep, God is at work. Sometimes I think when we're asleep, we get out of the way. (laughs) When we're asleep, it's like God says, finally, finally, the guy's figured out, go to sleep. Have you ever had that with, sometimes these things can be very practical and we get pictures of it. Have you ever worked with a child or an individual that doesn't understand something? So their effort, they're, they're really trying and they're really hard, working hard, but you go home and you're exhausted and then it's like, you know what, if that person just left me alone for 10 minutes, I'd get this whole thing done. Anybody, anybody ever experienced don't raise your hand, especially if that person's beside you. Sometimes, see, I'm, I'm not against working. Let me, let me establish that. I am not against working. I'm, I, I'm really for working. I'm against working stupid, and I'm for working smart. And I have found when God is involved, my work is smarter, better, more efficient, more practical, and it is so more, much more effective. And just like Justin shared this morning taking the offering, I believe that when I involve God in what I'm doing, I believe I will get more done in my eight-hour day work day than somebody else can in his eight-hour day. I am convinced of it. I am convinced that a person who trusts God, believes in God, yields to God, submits to God, obeys God, and allows God into their situation, I am convinced that an individual like that will accomplish more and see more done because of God's input into their life than somebody else who doesn't have God in their life. I'm convinced of that. I'm also convinced That there are some real practical things that people do. And there are some people that are not believers who have some very practical tools on how they get things done. And we as believers need to see some of those things and learn from them and put God into those equations and then see what happens. I could have gotten amen there. That was a good spot for one. And, And it's okay if you say it now. So three things I want you to see here. First, is before you can affect your house, or sorry, before you can affect your city, you affect your house. And I want you to see that before you affect your house, you affect yourself. Do you see what the psalmist did here? He says if you want to build... Bring God into it, he says. And not only that, but if you want to build your house, he says. And then he goes from there, and he says, and now if you want to affect your city, let God be the watchman. And then he goes from there, and he says, oh, by the way, if you're doing all that, it's silly to raise, stay up late, go to bed or, or go to bed late, get up early. He says, unless you alone are receiving the rest and the rejuvenation from God. And then he goes from there. To a family picture. He goes from the city to the house to the individual to saying, you know how you can do this in an amazing way? It's through the relationships that you have and the family that you have that you can see effectiveness grow. And this isn't just linear. This is generation to generation. This is mother and father to child and child to their next set of children. It's from one generation to the next, to the next generation to the next. I have learned more from the generations that have gone before me than I have learned from myself. And in our church... It is pretty cool that we have many generations that are active and involved because we can each learn from each other. If you're young, take an older couple out for coffee and just ask them how they're doing. Ask them a question. If you were in my position, what would you do? Because the psalmist here is painting a picture of family. And he says, when you're a person and a part of a family, that affects the house. And when you're a person involved in the family, and you've got children, that affects the house. And when you've done that well, and you've raised them well, and I've been involved in building your family, he says, then we take that, and we start affecting the city. Do you see the progression in this psalm? God builds, God protects, and God gives. He says, and behold, children are a gift of the Lord. I don't think God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave that to the psalmist just to fill the page. But in the chain of thought and in the thread of his thought, I believe that if we want to see Abbotsford affected, it starts with my family and my person and me being affected. if I want to see society impacted by a powerful God, if I want to see society impacted by legislation that honors God, you know where it starts? It starts in the family and with the individual and in the home. And he says, how that's done? Children are a gift from God. He's gone from the city to the house to the individual he says and now as an individual you want to get these results you start with the family you start by the ones that you have actually raised yourself the ones that you have produced yourself children are a gift of the Lord parents Remember this. Children are a gift and they do not have a a receipt to return. They are a gift from God. Not only are they a gift from God, but it says the fruit of the womb is a reward. The result of the womb is a reward. I am a reward to my mom and dad you are a reward to your parents you can call your mom and dad up and say listen i'm your reward and then you might have to do some explaining but if you've listened to the sermon you should have no problem the fruit of the womb is a reward Who here was ever a child? Oh, come on. I know, I know the answer to this question. This is like, it's not a hard one. We're all, we've all been raised in a family. The family may look different from one family to the next, but we have all been in that family setting. Children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows. Now listen. City. House, family, individual, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. If you want to affect those things, start by affecting those little arrows that you have in your hand. Influence your children, bring them to church. Every Sunday. I don't believe in part time custody when it comes to my relationship with God. He has full time rights, no visitation rights. I don't negotiate. And as your pastor, I would be doing you a disservice if I told you to take weeks off. I'm serious. I do not agree with taking weeks off. Now, I know holidays. I've got some coming. I understand that. But I'll be honest with you. If you're here in Abbotsford, and you're awake in the morning, get to church. Get to church. I got a couple amens. If you want to affect your region... You start by affecting your house. You start by changing yourself, which in turn starts addressing the children who will affect the house, who will grow up and affect the city. Do you see how he's gone in this progression? We need young men and young women who are convinced of the power of God and the reality of Jesus in their life. Because the society that we are living in is literally anti-Christian. Okay? There's a battle going on For my children, there's a battle going on for my grandchildren and my great grandchildren that will come. There is a battle that goes on for the generation. This is not a time to be asleep at the switch. This is a time to be aware and to say, Lord, I am going to put in and I'm going to take those arrows that you have given me, the blessings and the gift and the reward that you're giving me, and I'm going to train that child up and I'm going to pull them like an arrow in a bow and they're going to affect my family and they're going to affect my city and my region. Why? Because I have said, unless God is involved... It's all wasted. We cannot affect a full time assault on this world and onto our beliefs and our relationships and the society. We cannot affect that full time assault by a part time mentality. It takes a full time, it takes work. Are you with me? My statement that I wrote down in my notes, actually I'm not quite there yet. Children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of the warrior so are the children of one's use. Listen to this. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. You see what he did there? He started with the city, the house, the individual. Now that individual has taken the children, and they're not going to be ashamed when they talk with those in the city at the gates. And Pastor Daniel has taken a few Sundays and he's talked about the influence of the gates. The gates are where things are decided. It's metaphoric, but it's also reality. It's where things enter and where things exit. And what you allow into your city, you allow into your family, you allow into your children. And what you say with your children and you say, no, this is what we're going to do will affect your family and will affect your area, your city, and your region. And what you leave and kick out of through the gates and you don't allow in, and you don't allow the filth, the garbage, the anti-Christian thinking, and you don't allow that in, it will not affect your family. Why? Because I stood at the gate and my children stood at the gate and they would not allow that in. We are not wimps. A Christian is not a wimp. A Christian is a warrior. You are not a wimp. And that dictates and demands that I stand up with a backbone and say, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is actually how heaven comes to earth. Heaven on earth, and when we pray on earth as it is in heaven, it actually happens through an individual such as myself that says, no, I'm going to work, but I'm going to allow God in my life and he's going to affect my life. He's going to affect my work. He's going to affect my family. He's going to affect how I raise my children. And because of that, I'm allowing God now to influence my children and they will go out and they will be strong and they won't be ashamed and they will defend the city because heaven on earth has been inputted into them and now they are imposing the realities of heaven in their world. It's not a time to be passive. It's not a time to be passive. I don't want to preach at you, but I have to, I got to sound an alarm. I've got to sound an alarm. I cannot take days off I cannot take days off. I stand on guard for my family. And the amazing thing is, when I do that and I say, unless God. He doesn't say you don't build your house, but he says, unless God builds it. And he says it doesn't mean that you don't watch your city, but he says unless God protects it, all that watching is useless. So in my attempts and in my efforts, I have realized I need to bring God into my world. I cannot live my world without God. I cannot live my world without him doing what he does because when I found, when he gets involved in my life, the whole thing changes. I wrote down, when you join God in what he is doing, it goes better. You can either work with all your effort or... You can work with all your effort and God. And the and God is a huge and. And I believe this can affect you even when you're sitting at a table making plans on a business. I believe, I am convinced That the wisdom of God, if I say, God, get involved in this business plan, I believe God can give you wisdom and strategic ideas that nobody else gets. I've seen it done. I've been involved in some of them. I haven't been involved in everything. But I've been involved in some of those things where God gives a rhema moment and he speaks a word. And it's because I said, unless God's involved in this, it's worthless. And he comes and he gets involved. And all of a sudden, a direction is charted because of what he's done. And if I want to affect my city, I need to affect my house. And if I want to affect my house, I need to allow God to affect me. Because when he's affected me, I affect my children, who will affect my house, who will affect the city. When you join God in what he does, it's going to get better. Amen? Now, I'd like to transition or change. How do you involve God? Turn to Mark 10. We're having a baby dedication shortly, but this is not just for a baby dedication. This is for our families. This is for each one of us. If you're a grandparent, get involved in your kids and get involved in your grandkids. And you say, well, I'm not able to because of distance or I'm not able to because of, from the the past or, get involved with them with God. I found this passage talking about blessing children. In Mark 10, and it's three verse, four verses, starting in verse 13. And I just, <laughs> this kind of made me laugh, because sometimes we try to help God out. And we're actually getting in the way. And the children, people are bringing children to Jesus to get a blessing. And his disciples are turning them away. I just want to help you, Jesus. You're God. Walking among us. You're the word made flesh. But I got to help you out. You don't need these little guys running into your ankles. Into your knees. You don't need all these distractions. And Jesus got actually upset because God values children and he says it's it's interesting if you study the grammar and the way it's written he says let the children come which is one instruction but then he also says do not hinder them or do not stop them he says it twice it's one thing to say just let them come But he says to his disciples, not only to let them come, but don't stop them. It says, they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. That word touch, actually, in that word is the word fire and kindling. Can you imagine a touch from Jesus? They weren't just bringing their child just to get a touch, although they might have thought that, but when you get a touch from Jesus, it has more than just a touch. And we're going to be dedicating this little fella today and I believe, as Jameson, as we touch him, I believe he's going to get more than just a touch. And he says, and when, he, when Jesus saw that, the disciples had rebuked them. But when Jesus, they didn't just say, don't, no, they rebuked them. But when Jesus saw that, he was indignant and said to them, permit the children to come to me. Don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You want to get a picture of the kingdom of God? Get a picture of children. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter at all. And he took them in his arm and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. And if you, again, if you study the the word blessing, it actually means in this passage, the verbiage and the grammar actually means he, he, he went after it. He didn't just go, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. It was like he violently... He was like, oh, I'm going to. He went after it. So I want to close with this thought. Allow God into your world. These people brought children to God. The disciples thought they were helping him by saying, no, it's inconvenient. And Jesus got upset because connecting with him is the most important thing you can do. Connecting with God is the most important thing you can do. And if you want to affect your city, start affecting your family. And if you want to affect your family, Start changing yourself. And as you change yourself, you'll affect your children. And as your children grow, they will affect the city. Amen? Can we stand? What I'd like to do is, if we can, forget what aisle and what row you're in, stretch across the rows, and let's just hold hands across the aisles Just just hold hands and make sure there's nobody alone. I tell you, if you want to confuse people, just ask them to hold hands across an aisle. I tell you. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole. It's going to work, everybody. It's going to work. Is everybody touching somebody? Okay. We're family. What I'd like to do I'm not going to pray this. I want you to pray it. I want you to pray for the person on your right. And if there's nobody on your right, pray for another person that's at the end of the line somewhere. Right now, pray for the person on your right that they would grow and be strengthened and they would allow God into their life. Just a simple prayer. Now what I'd like you to do is pray for the person on your left and ask God to cause them to see and appreciate and understand the value of allowing God into their life. And now, the culmination of it all. Speak and pray over your own life and allow and ask God to become real and commit to him that you will have him become involved in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Give everybody an amazing lunch. Get everybody out of my way when I drive so that I will have a good afternoon. Let me have a good nap and rest so that you can do more with me than I can do with myself. And I realize I'm saying this out loud. Smile. Amen. God bless you.